0: Another Cornerstone Church podcast and we are continuing our series in the Pilgrim's Progress, this great classic work of Christian literature which has helped so many people all over the world to follow follow Christ on the way home to heaven and uh, we've been discussing it, we've done three or four sessions now and uh, we're back again. I'm Tom, I'm here with Pete. Hello. Hello. Ben and Rory, and we're all uh, pastors at the church and we've been working our way through this book, enjoying going through this book together and uh, drawing out the biblical lessons for us today. Um, Last time, if you uh, tuned in, you'll know that we uh, began our exploration of the Interpreter's House, so we're following Christian, Uh, he's on the road to the celestial city, to heaven, he's gone through the narrow gate, so he's going in the right direction and he's looking for the place of deliverance to have his sin burden taken away from him and uh, this interpreter's house is that is like a guide or a pastor or a prophet or a preacher who's showing him the things that are needful for him truths that he needs to know that are going to keep him uh, on the straight and narrow as he as he goes to heaven. Uh, last time we looked at three, uh, we saw a portrait, uh, which just was a, just a just a simple image or a picture that described the Christian life. Uh, we then saw the room full of dust and we understood the dust to be uh, the ways in which we try to get right with God apart from the gospel of grace. So they're, they're kind of works, they're deeds of the flesh they're the good things that we try to do to justify ourselves and uh, sin only sweeps it up and makes it worse and shows us our problem and we need the fresh gospel water of grace to still our legalistic sinful hearts and to make us clean thirdly we saw the two boys passion and patience Uh, passion wanted his reward straight away and as soon as he got it it broke and turned to ash in his hand but patience saved his best things to last Uh, he kept waiting kept looking forward and he was rewarded for, for that spiritual uh, gift of patience and now interpreter is not finished we've got four more scenes to look at and so the next one is a uh what somebody else explain what's the what's the next one there's a there's a, a fire there's a the fire room,
1: going yeah. on and um you have someone trying to put that fire out uh and uh but it, it just won't go out uh, however much water is being poured on it, and then you find out the one trying to pour the fire out is uh, uh, to to um put the fire out with water is is Satan. The fire is um standing for sort of the christian life um and the christian and then there's a wall and with a little hole in it, and behind the wall is Christ pouring oil at the bottom of the fire. So he's constantly keeping the fire going. It's so, it's so imaginatively wonderful. Um, so yeah, uh, Christ pouring oil in a little hole at the bottom. There's a wall. There's a man there uh, who's on fire. Well, he's, the, the fire is there. And there's Satan trying to put it out. But he can't put it out because there's this constant refilling of oil. It's mm beautiful picture. Mm,
0: mm. And what's Um, the spiritual truth? uh, Well the
1: oil is uh, Christ giving his Holy Spirit mm. and he's constantly giving his spirit um, and Satan is trying to you know quench the fire of the Christian, put the Christian out uh, so that he you know uh, won't be on fire for the Lord but Christ is always feeding his church with the Spirit of God by the Word of God and it keeps everything alight. It's, Mm. It's a beautiful picture. There's so much good about that picture because the, <laughs> the 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 image of
2: steam splashing and hissing and because when you put water on fire, no matter how strong the fire is, it te- you know there's it's quite a lot of it evaporates and it, it it describes the genuine difficulties of the Christian life, doesn't it? That picture because it's not like the Christian life is easy going because Christ is just always fueling us by His Spirit, but we do experience the. The splashing and the hissing and the evaporating of the of the water as Satan throws stuff at us, mm. throws stuff at us. Mm. So it would look like, oh my goodness, this fire is going to go out because there's constant, incessant water pouring. Yeah.
1: Well, Christian doesn't see it at first, does he? Doesn't he have to go behind the water?
3: But I mean, he he's like, why is it not going out? Because yeah. All that happens is actually the fire gets hotter and higher. Yeah. So it does. It actually does the opposite effect, and then, as you say, he goes in behind, and there's like a channel. Of of oil being just poured in from behind, um, and and uh, you know it's, it it reminds us that, that that's what the Lord Jesus does. He pours his grace um, into us, doesn't he? And uh, so that so that we may continue to live for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's another reminder of. Um of the spiritual war that we're in and uh, this is something that's so easy for us to downplay in in our secular part of the world where unseen spiritual realities are often forgotten realities um, but we do uh, live in a world uh, uh, with angels and demons and satan and christ and um, you know this is this is just what perhaps Christians in a previous generation or in different parts of the world understand a, a lot more and are less afraid of talking about. And, and Bunyan is showing us here that we do have um, a demonic uh, opponent, Satan, who is his life's work is to try to put out the Christian witness in the world because he hates Christ and he hates all who bear the name of Christ. And he's a murderer and a liar and an accuser. And he devotes his uh, murderous schemes and his lies and his accusations at Christians and at the church because he, he wants to stop that. Um, but yet, despite his best efforts, and he is crafty, but he's permanently frustrated because he can never achieve his life's ambition. Uh, because Christ is going to keep every Christian, sustain them, and he's going to win the day in the end. Um And yet there's an element of mystery about how Christ keeps us going. And that's the interesting thing about this room, isn't it? That he's not, although he knows that Christ is the one pouring the oil upon his faith, um, the means by which Christ is keeping him and how exactly he's not being put out is a bit of a mystery to him. Uh, Which does speak into our lives, doesn't it? Because, you know, I think sometimes as Christians or from time to time we wonder, you know, how, you know, left to my own strength I would never be able to keep going. How am I still going and yet Christ is mysteriously you know through his word through his people and through all kinds of other means keeping us keeping us every day Um,
2: and that's what Christian needs to remember for the road and he's not coming out in front of the water with an umbrella is he Christ because some people think like why isn't Christ defending me here why is he not stopping the water and you can't the wall is very telling because the flame is hidden from Christ isn't it you know um, so you can't see Jesus often, as you were just saying, in a mysterious way. He is keeping our faith going, but often we would like Christ to come in with an umbrella to stop yeah. the water, rather than fueling our salvation by His grace.
3: Well, it's good. It's a great picture of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? We can't see the Holy Spirit, yeah. You know, but but Christ—that's who Christ gives us. Mm-hmm. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can do everything, and we can we can live. And so to have, you know, the invisible. God, the Spirit within us—you can't see it, but if you reveal it behind the behind it all, He's there.
1: And the and the and the proof of all of this is is history, isn't it? That there is a church. Christ mm. says, "I will build my church," and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, Satan's power will will you know not prevail. Um, and actually, we're going to go into Satan's territory. He wants to put us out. We're going to knock his gates down and build the church. So, and you know that's the case, isn't it? <laughs> Wherever the church is trying to be put out by the authorities and uh, the powers that Satan uses to put put out the church, it starts growing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we, we hear about uh, Iran. I mean, you know, people are even saying, uh, you know, not not exaggerating, as far as I can hear, that that, you know, soon Iran will be seen as a Christian sort of country. Um, not because the powers, the powers are not Christian, but because there are so many ordinary people that haven't got the power um, that are coming to Christ. The powers are against that, but there are so many coming to Christ. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it works, isn't
0: it? That's right, and a lot of Jesus's parables... Um, Uh, talk like that so the yeast in the dough you know the the message of the kingdom is a little bit like that you put yeast into a big ball of dough and it just works its way through in a quiet unassuming way and yet before you know it it's that the whole batch has been affected and that's how the kingdom works throughout the world and it's how it works in us you know we can't sort of see it and the progress is difficult to measure week by week and yet it's just quietly doing its work um in us. Um, so that's going to be an important lesson for him.
1: Um, so you, I mean you just won't put... the. Uh, wasn't it Mark Twain that said um, that, uh, that uh, um, reports of my death are highly exaggerated? <laughs> um, because it had been reported that he died but he hadn't. And uh, you know the church is always uh, being pictured as dying isn't it? And in our country, but because we look at the sort of Anglican church, mm-hmm. the state church, uh, which is dying, mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the numbers are going massively down, massively down, they're closing church buildings and all that sort of stuff all over the place. People see that as Christianity and the whole thing is dying. But you, well, you cannot kill the church of God because he's constantly feeding it with the spirit of God. And uh, and there will always be a church. So um, the... Um, uh, that the reports that the church is dead are highly exaggerated.
3: Well, that's what Niet- Nietzsche thought. That there's no way yes. that this, that can, this can still last. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but here we yeah. are. Yeah. Who, who reads Nietzsche?
1: Yeah. O- only a few people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're depressed if you do. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus gives a, a parable, doesn't he, is it, of the ten virgins, and they're waiting for the master yes. to return. Mm. Yeah. And they need to keep the oil, don't they, burning. Yeah. Mm. And that's a warning. Not that we provide our own faith but that we must stay vigilant and give keep me watch oil in my lamp keep, keep me burning, burning. <laughs> give me
1: oil in my lamp i pray give me oil in my lamp keep me burning keep me burning till the break of day hey sing <laughs> hosanna sing yeah you don't know that
0: gosh one? Yeah. what's the next picture uh, <laughs> yeah, time is running on um so the next picture uh, is the uh, well. He gets taken into another room. There's another scene for him to look at, and he's looking at some kind of uh, fortress or uh, battlement or you know some some kind of castle really. And um, there's there's a there's a lot of people like guarding the door, is that right? Or in front of the door. And there's also, um, there's also a man who's sat at a booth with a book of some kind. And you, you have to give him your name mm. and then you can uh, approach uh, the, the castle, which is, I think, a picture of the kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. Um, but of course, it's got all these people in the way who have got weapons of different kinds and are trying to stop people getting in.
3: Um, of which there is a large group who want to get in. Right, well, they're too scared to go. Yeah, okay. So there's these who are a bit scared to confront these armed men yes. who are stopping people to enter, and that's they don't want people to get into this palace.
0: Okay. okay, and then there's there's and then there's a man who comes up in the image or the vision of, uh, and he's a stout man of uh, courage, isn't he? uh Or he's a he's a valiant man, and he goes up to the man at the booth and says, put my name in your book, (laughs) you know, and uh, so the man quickly looks down and sort of scribbles his name down, and then he just makes for the gate, doesn't he, and uh, he's not going to be deterred or put off by those who are in front, and he draws his sword, right, so he knows that he's got a battle ahead of him, and he's getting hacked, isn't he, hacked by those who are trying to stop him, they've got their... You know shovels and pitchforks or whatever else they've got, and they're trying to take chunks out of him. But he's just sort of systematically working his way through them, just slicing them, <laughs> yeah, slicing them down because he's gonna he's gonna make it and he's gonna take that kingdom by force. Um, and
3: so yeah, what what are we what are we what are we seeing from this picture? I mean, I, I love the the sentence. The valley, and they oppose him with deadly force. Mm. But the valiant man was not discouraged at all and fought fiercely, cutting and hacking his opponents. He both, <laughs> he both received and administered many wounds those <laughs> who attempted to keep him out. Yeah. He's not He will not let uh, the, the things stop him getting in, no.
2: and he refuses to do so. He's going to take hold of this kingdom. And he dons armor, doesn't he, straight away? So that's the difference between him and the crowd watching. The crowd yeah. watching aren't ready to fight these people. They haven't got the sword. They haven't got the armor. Yeah. But this guy knows it's going to be a battle. Knows he's got to put the, the helmet on, brick take out the sword, yeah, and that's what's going to get him through.
3: It's great because because just as they go, he says, "Come in, come in." The, the people inside are saying, "Come in, come in." Eternal glory, you shall win. Yeah. And once he's once he's there, he doesn't have he doesn't need that armor anymore. He gets given these these garments, these garments of gold, and he's now a citizen of this palace. Yeah. So, so the the reward of the fight is worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah so that's that's a man believing the promises of God isn't it that this life you've got to f- fight mm. and i mean we were saying about the verse that jesus says about forcing your way into the kingdom of god there are verses like this you know uh, we've got the whole armor of god stuff that we're to put on mm. and it's not uh, it's not um you know uh, just protective armor it is a sword we are to uh, put our shoes on and march out and attack and um, that is the Christian life, isn't it? You know, we're not just sitting around now Christians mm. and we're going to be sort of wheeled into heaven in some kind of comfortable wheelchair. Mm. Um, we are to get up, put the armour of God on, attack uh, the evil one, uh, and, and force our way into the kingdom of God like that. Mm. It's not a gospel of works, but it is a, it's a gospel uh, that works isn't it once we're once we're it's in our hearts and 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 that's where you see whether people are christian or not isn't it when satan comes he tries to pour out you know the fire then he attacks us in various ways or but we've got to get to that kingdom of god we've got to see the big vision believe the promises uh and march towards it that's right
0: and that's the that's the story that is just told over and over and over again in all the classic tales and legends that we love. Um, you know, so I'm I'm just listening to um to the Harry Potter stories at the moment, being read by Stephen Fry, and uh, just reflecting on that whole story again about good and evil and the triumph of good over evil, and how how ordinary people who, in some sense, are are quite unimpressive to look at. Um, find bravery and courage to put evil to death and I mean the whole saga would be just rubbish if Voldemort is there one minute and but he just fails and dies and there's no battle no conquering no victory no defeat of evil Um, you know it just doesn't work and that story is written into us isn't it and uh, we know as you're saying this is not our own works that are going to do this because the oil of grace being poured on the flames is the only thing that can keep us going um, but nonetheless you know this is this is a little image to say um yeah we need to fight and we need courage and uh, who is it bonhoeffer or someone who said uh, you know when christ calls a man he bids him come and die yeah. you know that's the summons isn't it you know come but if you're gonna come you're gonna die you know you're going into battle if you want to come through the other side and um that's an important part of um with death and resurrection Following Christ, isn't, it? isn't it? yeah death and resurrection
1: yeah. is the christian sort of way of life we die and rise again and that's what this man does
3: and a big difference between the crowd that are scared to go in and him so so there's that you know there are many people that don't make it to the kingdom of god because they're too scared mm.
1: Well, it's, you know, I mean, right in the book of Revelation, right at the end, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of people that are excluded yeah. from the kingdom yeah. of God, you know, um, and one of them yeah. is a coward. Yeah, yeah cowardly. Yeah. I mean, it's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? A cowardly will not enter the kingdom of God.
3: And, and Jesus predicts this, doesn't he, in the parable of the sower? You know, the seed is, the seed is scattered on, on soil and it, and it comes up, but as soon as the sun comes... And persecution hits; it wilts away, mm. and and the sun can do one of two things, can't it? It can either destroy, it can help us grow. Mm. And for this this man, he grows and he fights, mm. and there's and then his his battle scars are are, are stories of grace that yeah. allowed him to get to the kingdom.
1: Yeah, he's like that. Who's a, who's the Scottish bloke in Lord of the Rings? Gimli, Gimli, isn't he? Do you sort of get that? Isn't he Scottish? Yeah. Well, the actor is. Yeah. yeah, isn't he? yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Gim- and and, and well, like, Gimli is um, a little short bloke, but yeah, come yeah, on, let's go. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> like
0: it's like Caleb in the Old Testament, you know, he's he's he gets to a point where he's like 87 <laughs> and God yes. is going to take him away and he says, yeah. "No, Lord, I want one more fight. <laughs> I want one more fight. I don't want to go just yet, you know." <laughs> and it's this sort of heroic, gospel-driven mm. courage uh, mm. right until the end. Um, and it's funny that this image isn't it because what 's interesting about this one is that Bunyan uh, doesn 't give or offer much explanation for this one no. because a Christian we're just told smiles yes. and understands what this is about, yes. and then they move on so there's there's something so intuitive about this scene that he just maybe well, it's I, I think also
1: the the, the the people that Bunyan was originally writing to which which were people outside of the state church. Yeah knew that's what happened to them. You you couldn't be a follower of Christ outside of the state, the the Church of England, without persecution. That's why he wrote this in prison. Um, And they had all these things, convocations and all of these things where they stopped groups of people meeting together and and severely um, uh, dealt with them so so he he knew that mm-hmm. um, he's already Christian's already seen this
2: played out I think so far in, in the, his own story because he's with pliable isn't he and pliable turns away he's like the crowd watching but too afraid to go forwards and he's had all sorts of bruises and bumps already Christian because he's tried to go up Sinai and all of that stuff and so he he's probably has a smile because he says yeah you know what I've seen this. This is what it's like. Mm. And so I must just carry on. I've got to continue.
3: He thinks he, but he thinks this is it. He can go now. He can, yeah. He's ready to go. This is the encouragement. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, a yeah. fight to go yeah. for. And in one sense, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. For this fight. And
0: he's halfway out the door, and the yeah. yeah. to grabs him by the collar. <laughs> says, <"Not> quite, <laughs> well, yeah, <I'm> coming in, <laughs> I've got two more things to show you. And I mean, you know, we were, um you know, we've got two more to do, and they're big they're, you know, they're big ones. Uh, so the next so the next room uh, he goes into and uh, Bunyan tells us that it's a very, very dark room and inside the room is a man and that man is imprisoned within a cage and he's looking very despondent, so his face is towards the ground, he's got his hands clasped together, he's sighing, I think the phrase is something like a heartbreaking sigh or a heart-tearing heart sigh break, yeah. as if his heart was going to break and then... The interesting thing with interpreter here is he basically says to Christian, uh, "If you want to know what this is about, you need to speak to him. You need to ask him." So Christian is then encouraged, you know, to ask this man why. What, I mean, his first question is, "Why are you like this?" or something, yeah. or "How did you get here?" or "What are you doing here?" Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. But it is a
1: desperate thing, isn't it? Mm. I, I think this is one of his most vivid I- images. It's, yeah. it's it's really despairing mm. when you when you see this man and. Uh, we're meant to be shocked, and again, I think it's it's just interesting how Bunyan is is discipling us, mm. and I don't know any book in modern discipleship that would have this in. Mm. Uh, I have to say, and I think it's missing mm. in our discipleship: the absolute warning. If you if you mess with God's promises, um, then then this is where you could end up. Yeah. And that scene is meant to spur you on to carry on living for God.
3: Mm. It's, it's really scary because he says, I, I am what I was not once. Well, mm. what were you? Well, I once was this uh, attractive and professing Christian. Both, and and, and he, he looks like a Christian. He says, I'm going to, I was going towards a celestial city. I mm. was excited to go there. But, and then... And then that's where he's sort of, mm. I'm sighing because I'm not I'm no longer that person. Mm.
0: And then what does Christian ask him then? He says, well, what happened or something? Yeah, or,
3: well, what he says, what are you now? Because he yeah. says, I am what I was not once. Well, I was a Christian, Well, what are you now? Yeah. He's now a man of despair. Mm. And uh, he's captive. Uh, he's in this iron cage, as he says, and there's no way he can get out. And he's totally, totally depressed, actually, by his, mm. by his situation. Mm.
1: But, so, I mean, he's like a Judas, isn't he? So he's depressed and broken, and t- has tasted of the things of God, yeah. um, but he's not repentant. No. And uh, I mean, you get that in in Hebrews. He's he's got this, hasn't he, from Hebrews six and Hebrews ten and stuff. There are really strong warnings. So in Hebrews six, it's it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, mm-hmm. who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance. Mm-hmm. Because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such strong words, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And... uh Yeah. You know, and and yet that is pastoring people, isn't yeah. it? We have to warn ourselves and people, if you move from Christ and if you've tasted of his Holy Spirit, you know, you've got to be so careful because you might be what this is often called in, in Christian sort of language, an apostate. You may not be, but you don't know that you're not. Yeah. Uh, so backslide. You know, when you, you often hear people, I've heard heard it, in fact, I heard it the other day, um oh I'm a I'm a sort of backslidden Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we must say how, how dare you say that? Mm-hmm. You can't speak that language because you may be an apostate. Yeah. You may so backslide mm-hmm. that you in the end it, you're a Judas. You can't repent. Mm-hmm. You're sorry for your life. You you've uh disgusted yourself in what you've done with mm-hmm. Christ, but you never really repent. It's only just regret and uh and it will be regret for eternity
3: yeah and he certainly feels that sort of um
1: too far gone attitude i mean the,
3: the language is you know um, i've grieved the spirit and he is gone i flirted with temptation i've provoked god anger. he's left me so he's feeling all this despair here and um you know christian's saying to him Have you got, is there any hope here and he's like no no hope there's no repentance now. I've so, as you say, so hardened my heart to the word of God and to, the, and to the light of the world, as he says, that there is no repentance for me.
2: And he believes God is a cruel master, does not he? Because he believes God has shut him in this cage, um, whereas he doesn't understand the mercy of God, does he? And the grace of God, that even if now he repented, he would be free of it. But he, he can't see that. But he can't, he can't, see can't that. repent. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he doesn't know God. This yeah. you know, when, when in in the, in, um, in the Bible when it says many people will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? And Jesus says, Away from me, I never knew you. Mm. It's because really they never knew Him. Yeah. Um, and anyone who goes to Jesus on on Judgment Day and says, Oh, you were a harsh Master. You you jailed me up in my sin. He will say, Well, you never knew me then, because yeah. the cross was for you mm-hmm. and you you crucified me all over again <laughs> by denying that
3: yeah but, uh, th- but this has to be a warning to all of us doesn't it yeah that, like don't uh, and i think we can so easily treat sin lightly Well, mm-hmm. don't treat sin lightly because you know look at the consequences of that mm-hmm. and if you continue in those patterns then then warning and we need to hear the warnings don't mm-hmm. we uh, yeah, I I mean, our s-
1: sin uh, light-hearted as we take it is kicking dust in the face of Christ, yeah. who's dying on the cross for it, yeah. and if we carry on just kicking dust in his face as he's dying on the cross, you know we' we're, we're we're abusing him and belittling him and 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 yet we're supposed to be living for him and living in the light of the cross, yeah. so
0: yeah and it's the uh, it's the thing with you know knowledge, you know, so these people in Hebrews had heard so much about Christ and the atonement that he provided the salvation that he can offer and yet they weren't really acting on the knowledge and that's the thing you know spiritual knowledge is a dangerous thing if you don't act on it um because you're hearing the news that can save you but you don't do anything with it and you think well there's nothing else for you to know um so if you don't listen to this you're going to re-crucify the son of god all over again you're going to treat his sacrifice as a something that can't can't help you um and that's a dangerous place to be. It's like Pharaoh, isn't it? You know, he's he hardens his heart time and time and time and time and time again. And God is hardening his heart because he won't respond to the word of God until eventually the worst plague of all is that Moses says, you will never see my face again. Yeah. And that's the point that that's so terrible because it means the word of God will now never come to him yeah. again. His opportunity is passed. He can't repent anymore because he wouldn't. He can't. And he can't because he wouldn't. And that's what this this man says to us, you know.
3: Reminds me of um, a quote I read. I read Spurgeon quote, and it was like, "More dangerous than a fool is a knowing fool." Mm. And so we can know all the promises, and we can know all the stuff. But if you're you're right, if we don't act upon it, mm. then th- there is nothing more grave than mm. that, is it? Mm. What what are we doing with the knowledge that we have? Mm. And you know, we've got to ask ourselves those questions. And 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 Christian says let me remember this man's misery or interpret says remember this man's misery yeah right so so that you don't fall into this
1: trap i think it was um D- <laughs> D-L moody or it might have been spurgeon but i think it was D. L. moody who tells the story of a, a man who was brought up a christian and knew all the christian message and but kept putting off um following christ uh, for um setting up a mill in in, in the north of england somewhere um, that some kind of you know cloth mill thing, and they're extremely noisy places. Um, and uh, on his deathbed, I mean, this is a classic sort of D.L. Moody yeah. story. <laughs> on his deathbed, um, uh, he was saying, um, he sees Jesus uh, speaking to him, and he's saying, um, I see Jesus, but I can't hear. I can't hear because of the mills. The mill is so noisy, I can't hear what he's saying. Mm. And he dies. Mm. I mean, that's a very powerful Victorian um, <laughs> illustration. Um, but that's the sort of thing that's going on, isn't it? This man can't hear the mercy of God now. Mm. He's tasted it, and he's vomited it out. Mm. And and now he just can't taste it again. Mm. Yeah.
2: I don't think it's an accident that this is before the cross for Christian as well, isn't it? Because in one sense, Christian and this man are in the same position, but one of them believes they can go on to the cross. Because uh, Christian's still got his burden on him now, in a, in a sense. It's not a jail, but it's it's the same issue, isn't it? But but one believes they can carry on, and the other one is resigned to, um, I'm just going to sigh here, there's there's no hope for me. Mm. I'm trapped.
1: Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, one
0: more. So he goes into the final room. Um, This is the seventh image, isn't it, I think he sees in the house. And uh, he walks into a a bedroom of some kind. And uh, there's a man there who's just woken up from a dream who's looking incredibly distressed, right? You know, he's got the sweats, he's shaking, he's uh, clearly disturbed about something. And a Christian or interpreter, I can't remember who, uh, well, they, they decide to find out what was the content of the dream. Uh, what, why is this man like he is? And what's he,
2: what's he seen in his night terror? He's seen Judgment Day, isn't he? He's seen the, he's seen the salvation of the saints and he's seen the condemnation of the wicked. Um, and it says that he's seen the indignant eye of the judge on him. Hmm. So he's not just a passive observer, but he himself is taking part in this. Hmm. Um, and he's standing with the wicked (laughs) and he sees a pit open up next to him of hell Mm. and it's spewing out its filth and at that moment that he's about to fall into it that's when he wakes up and he's he's basically he's not ready he realizes i am with i'm standing among the wicked Mm. and so if it was judgment day today that is what that is what would happen to me that's the reality um and we're not told what he does with that information um, but you would think he would have the same uh experience as as pilgrim, as Christian, who when he had this book in his hand and realized his you know that he was in the city of destruction, he would then go on to to find life um, but it's it's a it's a it's a little story about being ready for judgment isn't it? Um, this man clearly wasn't, and he didn't want to be where he was when judgment
1: Day came. I mean, when you look at... um, So so in the New Testament, Christ talks more about hell than anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting how people try to take hell out of the mouth of Christ and say, oh, I don't like the Old Testament God because it's all judgment and hell, but I love Jesus, he's all (laughs) love and light. Um, But actually, Jesus speaks more about hell than anybody in the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. But when you look at his teaching on hell... It's really for the Christian uh, it's a warning uh, about you know life outside of Christ um, and again it's a strange thing but this is what uh, pastoral care does um, it, it makes it 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 sort of shows you these horrors uh, so that you keep going on mm. so that you'll have the courage to say well oh you know, if I just stand in the crowd and I don't have the courage, then hell is behind me. Uh, you know, hell is for me. So I need to put my name in this book. I need to put on the armor of God. I need to go and fight, um, so that I have the courage to follow Christ. So it's interesting that that Christ does that, and that's what Bunyan is doing. Um, that's what good teachers do. They and that's what the Book of Hebrews is doing. I mean, there's, there's, Hebrews is a is a brilliant one because uh, there's loads of. Uh, Christ is better. Look at Christ; he's beautiful. Just see how wonderful he is. He fulfills all of this. He's absolutely gorgeous. There's all of that, you know, the carrot, if you like, mm. but there's the stick in between these judgment things. If you give up on this, yeah. you know, you've had it. You know, you won't be able to repent. Yeah, and Christ Himself is a model of that type of teaching.
0: He is. I mean, just as you were speaking there, I was thinking of. Um thinking of a verse which is in Luke 12 so this is Jesus talking to his disciples and he says I tell you my friends do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more but I will show you whom you should fear my friends my sons those in my kingdom fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell yes I tell you fear him are not five, spar- five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Um, it's just an amazing way of instructing the disciples because he says to them, you're my friends, I love you, you're my sons, um, you don't need to fear men. All they can do is kill the body, but you should fear the one who can throw you into hell. Hold it, I thought we were saved. You know, we're in God's You are, yeah, you're, sa- you're saved, but you should fear the one who has authority to throw you into hell. What's the next image he uses? one of the most tender ones you can imagine of a father knowing how many hairs are on their head and knows the value of them. So he says, disciples, here's the one you need to worship, one who could throw you into hell yeah. and one who knows how many hairs are on your head and loves you. And that's, 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 that's how he teaches us, you know. And uh, we mustn't be sort of afraid in our teaching and our discipling of people to hold those two images before us Because it, a, there,
1: there is a tendency today to miss this out, isn't mm. there? Um, there is a tendency to 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 say, look, you're a son of God, therefore don't call yourself a sinner, isn't mm. there? There's a lot of that sort of stuff goes around. Um, and there's a tendency, stop thinking of the negative, think of the positive. Mm. Um, uh, uh, and um, uh, so we are challenging Christ on this, mm. aren't we?
3: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's not ready. That's the, problem, the guy's yeah. problem, and that's what he needs to hear. There is but a... he's been given a
1: mercy, though, yeah. isn't he? Yeah.
3: There is a day of judgment coming, and he realizes that he's not ready, and he says he sees the judge's face, and it's an angry judge. Yeah. It's he can't like,
0: escape the eye, I can cannot he? Ex- Yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. escape
3: it. And so what it? what is it that you want, Christian? Do you want to be one who's taken up in the clouds, who has the, the loving um, face of the Father, who welcomes you in, or do you want the the disapproving, angry, yeah. I, the judge.
0: Yeah, that's right. And if that man does nothing with that dream, he will become the man in the cage, yeah. won't he? Because he's now had access to the knowledge that he needs. Yeah. If he doesn't do anything, he'll be in the cage. And mm. he'll, he'll
2: It's interesting because we're all preachers here. So the, the portrait on the wall is the preacher, isn't it? It yeah. goes back to the wall, the so, book yeah. in his hand, he's declaring, isn't he? He's looking up to heaven. And then these are almost six sermons or seven sermons. because part of the job of preaching is to give people the vision of judgment day Mm. and where are you before the Lord is his eye on you well it is and how does he see you and so it's encouragement for us isn't it to get on with this work we must preach judgment we must preach the the pit of hell opening up beside people because otherwise they're going to turn and look at us on that day and said you never told me about this you said Jesus loved me you didn't tell me about this um and and hopefully people wake up in sweats you know metaphorically, in, as they're sitting, listening, and then they want to go on and do something about and, it. And
1: back to that picture of the preacher, because mm. in one sense, the interpreter is uh, yeah. is the preacher as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's probably the Holy Spirit, I guess. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, But the, back to that picture of the preacher before you go into the six rooms. Mm. He's living the gospel. Yeah. So he's not just preaching, he's not a hypocrite. Yeah. You know, he's got the crown floating over his head his back is to the yeah. you know he did all this i know yeah. but you know there's a, a, the preacher is a living testimony of i'm back to hell i'm not you know my back to the world i'm gonna march on fight on word of god in my hand yeah
3: it's a great ending of this of yeah, this chapter whole I mean, section the chapter says to christian have you considered considered all these things yeah so there's my here's my six illustrations have you considered them and Christian says, yes, and they challenge me with both hope and fear. Yes. yes. Which is so important when you get yeah, yeah. both. And so, yep. he, and so the interpreter says, well, keep all these things in mind so they may prod you to move forward in the right direction. Mm. Um, and then he prays. He them sings a little way. song, doesn't he? Oh, it's,
0: <laughs> so it's got a great word in there about being stable or something. He says, I
3: pray the comforter will always be with you, good Christian, <laughs> to guide you in the way that leads to the celestial city. And so that's his prayer for, for Christian. Yep. Go forward. Christian.
1: Fear and hope. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. There you go.
0: Great. Well, uh, so much there. I mean, as you say, you know. Can, when you, this, I mean, you can tell Bunyan was a preacher. I mean, I was just thinking, if I'm ever in need need to preach a sermon, but I haven't got anything prepared, you just need to remember interpreters' house, and you've got like an hour and a half worth of content. I mean, <laughs> you know, don't give away your tips though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so brilliant. Hope you've enjoyed that, and uh, hope it's uh, encouraged you in your walk with the Lord. You can tune in again next time, where we will be rejoining Christian uh, on the road to heaven.